0: The Gorse Nexus Podcast. I'm Brandon. I've got a great co-host, Dag, with me. How you doing, Dag?
1: I'm doing great, man. I got to work early to do this. Uh, do this pod, man. It's a good afternoon.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, we've got a very special guest today, and I'll probably put your name, Pete Quinones. How do I pronounce that, Pete?
2: That, that was fine. I mean, I only say it at the beginning of every episode I do. I put out, so you know. So <laughs> no, but you. I mean, you're you, when I'm Anglo when i'm making it anglicized so that because i know somebody can't um is gonna have problems pronouncing it your pronu- your pronunciation
0: was perfect yeah i uh I, I tried to work on it a little bit before you came on just to make sure <laughs> so um, <laughs> you're good man no worries well yeah i i think this is one of the one of your best kept, kept secrets is that you're an agorist and i don't think a lot of people know about that um going to like how you got into agorism and um And anything else you want to mention on on that topic? I just grew up in Agorist.
2: When you grow up in the inner city, you're constantly buying things, you know, the quote unquote that fell off the back of a truck. You're constantly trading with people. I've told the story before that the restaurant I loved the most in my neighborhood growing up wasn't really a restaurant. It was a woman's house and she had a door installed, uh, the front door, so that the top part of it could swing out, and she basically made subs, heroes, hoagies. I'm, just, I'm, I'm trying to cover all the parts of the United States so, so everyone can understand this. Right in her, in her um, kitchen, and she just sold it for cash right out the front door. I mean, that was a huge business in the neighborhood, and everybody looks forward to it, and everyone loved it. I mean, e- everything you know. From I've told the story too before about my first really good pair of hockey gloves were. You know, definitely weren't acquired legally in in the uh, in the proper sense. And you know, when I got older, you know, I've done things. I've talked, I've talked before about how uh, I sold bootleg DVDs for a long time. Um, do anything off the books to to make money. And I've worked off the books. I worked for I worked for a guy for five years with um, under the table cash. And yeah, I mean, especially in the last 12 years, especially when I heard Ron Paul and I started reading, I wanted to get more and more outside of the system and anything I did within the system, tried to pay as little, <laughs> make make sure the government gets as little as possible.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite Spooner quotes is, um, Lysander Spooner is that, and I'll probably butcher this quote too, but. You're basically putting a sword in the hand of, uh, you know, extortionists. So, um,
2: yeah, that's my that's my banner on Twitter. If you go to
0: my Twitter profile, and yeah, you you recently kind of switched up. Uh, Dag was mentioning you recently kind of switched up. You used That's, to have like black and yellow, but now you're doing the the black and gray. Yeah, It says every man who puts money into the
2: hands of a government puts into its hands, a sword, which will be used against himself to extort more money from him. And also to keep him in subjection to its arbitrary, arbitrary will. And yeah, yeah that we is such a
1: poet. Yeah.
2: Well, everything that came out of his mouth was just like a sword. It was just like, I mean, he just stabbed you in the heart with it. It, anyone who reads like no treason, I mean, within the first two page, I've, I know people who said within the first two pages of, uh, of no Treason they had totally abandoned the constitution. They, they just, because he just com- comes out swinging and he, he, it's really hard to argue with. And I mean, you really have to have your cognitive dissonance and, you know, and I still have it. I'm not saying I don't have cognitive, cognitive dissonance on things. I, I'm sure I do. Uh, we all do, but, um, yeah, I mean, he just, he destroys the Constitution. He basically just, anything he went after, he destroyed. I mean, he was, he was an old school boss, and you can tell somebody was really good when the left and the right spectrum both claim him. And, you know, both, both sides of anarchy, libertarianism, whatever, claim Spooner. So you, you know that he was, uh, he was on top
1: of this game. Yeah, yeah, he's great for sure. He I want to get into.
0: Go ahead, Jack. Sorry.
1: Oh, I was just going to say he actually, uh, you know, put some stuff into action with his uh, whole, you know, private post office and everything too. So you know, he wasn't just wasn't just writing beautiful words. You know, he was actually doing shit. So that was really awesome. Yeah, I, I love Spooner.
2: It's important to. I mean, there are some people who their whole lives all they're going to be able to do is educate and everything. But you know, those who can educate or those who can actually get out there and do stuff. You know, Jack Spirko talks about that a lot. He's like, he, he's like, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't want to read anymore. I just want to do. Because I want to go out there and do this. And um, I think that's great. That's an important, um, important attitude to have. And, you know, I still read. It's just, that's who I am. I mean, I was reading right up until the point that we we started recording. I was reading Pere Bielan's book, the sea, and the, Un, uh, the sea and the Unseen and the Unrealized. And, Yeah, that's just who I am. I don't think there's ever going to be a time when there's not something, some book
0: I'm reading. Yeah, definitely. I've always got a big reading list myself. Um, I definitely want to get into some current events here. We've got a 33% GDP drop. Now, GDP, of course, is... um, not exactly like accurate, in my opinion, just because there's government employees and stuff on there and stuff like that. But got a 33% drop in GDP, um, biggest in US history, gold, silver, and crypto are going through the roof. Um, And um, it looks like, you know, they're just printing dollars upon dollars. Um, So, you know, it looks like we're kind of headed for disaster in my opinion. What what are your thoughts on, on the, economic nightmare that we're about to face i mean production was shut down for how long yeah exactly
2: Uh, (laughs) this was this was bound to happen i mean everything was a bubble before it i i hate i've heard people who call themselves libertarians over the past couple days uh say that well, you know, the, the stock market went down because uh, we know the stock market was a bubble, but it went down because of COVID. It went down because of COVID. It's like, well, yeah, it always goes down because of a pin. And the pin is uh, the pin doesn't normally have to be something related to, fi- uh, to finance. It could be war. It could be a bunch of different things. But the pin is going to come along eventually, and it was just COVID this time. Yeah, I, I mean, I just don't see how. I mean, we see like all right, the dollar's falling. I think I checked it an hour ago. It was either eighty-five or eighty-six cents against the euro. It was ninety-four, ninety-five like five months ago. So, I mean, that's a 10, 10 cents. That's a huge drop. Gold is almost at two thousand. Silver's at almost at twenty-five dollars an ounce. Crypto's going up, but there might be other reasons that crypto is going up and I expect it to be coming back down soon because it always does. And that's not any... I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with crypto. I'm just saying that there's human beings involved in crypto too. And if you're going to attract speculators, when it goes up, people are going to sell. That's my little little two cents on that. But yeah, I mean, how do you expect anything to... You had to expect the GDP was going to go down... I mean, unemployment is still through the roof. People are begging for to keep the six hundred dollar a week going and everything. I mean, this is a cluster. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah, go ahead. Uh. Yeah, this is a clusterfuck, man. I mean, they basically trained people for UBI. They've got in people's heads that they're going to need universal health care. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a mess. And I think the the people who are trying to say that all this is happening because it's an election year and they hate Trump and everything like that. If they really hated Trump, I don't think if that was the only thing they'd, the stock market would be going down. I mean, I know the stock market went down in the past couple of days, but a GDP report like that usually should drop the stock stock market more than it has. So Trump has hung his hat on the stock market. If you look where the stock market is right now, it's still, what, 7,000? The Dow is still 7,000 points higher than when he got in there. Yeah. So, I mean, he can st- he can still hang his hat on a success in that. So I don't know how much I buy the, oh, this is just to hurt Trump kind of thing, Um i look at what's going on and i think it's this is to hurt you kind of thing this is to make the people i mean to change the behavior of the people which they already have i mean people are scared of each other not talking to each other when they do talk to each other they can barely understand each other because everyone's wearing masks i mean this is Is just basically what you're looking at is a fundamental change in the society, in interpersonal relations, in how business is going to be done. I mean, as soon as this whole thing started, the first thing I said was, oh, we're going to see a commercial real estate hit because so many of these places now have people working from home. Well, if they can do that profitably, why go back and pay for brick and mortar? So, I mean, I see commercial real estate taking a hit. I think it's just a matter of time before the residential real estate takes a hit. I mean, how many people are having to get out of their home right now or how many people will in the next six months to a year. I mean, this is, this is just a, this whole COVID thing. And then, you know, if you want to get real conspiratorial, you can go back to event 201 and you can see that it was a tabletop exercise or so what would happen if a coronavirus spread all over the world and, Basically, everything they did economically and societally, they did. They told you what they were going to do. And it's just changed everything forever. It's one of the reasons why I left the Libertarian Party. And it's one of the reasons why I started talking more about agorism, because the Libertarian Party ain't going to save you. And I think at this point, agorism might be one of the only things that keep some people a lot and flourishing.
1: Yeah, all this definitely seemed to happen really, really quickly. You know, um, like, like you were saying, with how people are terrified of each other and, you know, there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of anger at, you know, other people um, who, you know, just all, the, all these dummies who don't wear masks or all these dummies who do wear masks or, you know, whatever. It just, it, I mean, it did it happen so fast. So, um, you know, assuming that's something that was at least halfway intentional, like, I mean, they did a, they did a really good and efficient job of uh, making it happen. And, you know, people are already pretty economically illiterate and yeah, just the amount of people I've seen who just have this idea that we can, you know, like a UBI kind of thing. They can just give us money forever, you know. And it it is really frightening. It definitely seems like they're uh, they're they're priming us for for something. Which uh, another thing, like you pointed out, you know, it's another reason that you know, go, going towards agorism, you know, might be the best thing you can do to you know to really just just survive or have any sort of normal life.
2: Yeah, and agorists get screwed in the whole thing because you know people are. We have to keep working while everyone else is getting free, get, getting handouts and everything, and uh, <laughs> we have to keep yeah. our head, we have to keep our heads down. It's it's almost like a war on agor, on agorism because you know it's like I mean I don't I didn't get the twelve hundred dollar check <laughs> I never got the six hundred dollar even though I have like a a real job and everything um, my company never did the six hundred dollar even though they cut our hours I mean I knew people who. They cut they got their hours cut to 32 hours a week down from 40 or even more and their company applied for the 600 federal and the 300 like state so I mean I knew people h- here who were still on their job and getting an extra $900 a week you know, so I mean talk about a war on a war on those of us who, you know, a lot of our income comes from off the books. and
1: everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, I mean, to be honest, like if they're going to mail me a $1,200 check, like I'm going to cash it. But like, I don't know, man, I kind of have a moral issue with even like applying for a lot of the extra grants and this and that, like, I don't want their money. You know, like I, I just want to be left alone. <laughs> I really don't want their money.
2: Uh, I think Sal, I, I think Sal makes a great point about all those checks and everything is just the more money you can take from them, the more you can do for yourself and the more you can deprive them and the more money they give out, the weaker they get. I mean, essentially they get weaker. Now they do get more powerful in that a lot more people are going to become reliant upon them, but realize the more money they print, the weaker they're going to get. So it's to catch 22, but any agorist libertarian anarchist who wants to take that money and buy crypto or buy gold or buy guns or buy ammo i'm not gonna be mad at you as a matter of fact you know i'll I'll kind of celebrate that because if they ever do do a ubi and i start getting that check i'm just gonna continue working on working on my job and that whatever that check is every month that's just gonna go to crypto gold silver guns, bullets, butter, whatever, because, um, yeah, I mean, why not <laughs> screw it? I, I mean, that's it's the best thing you can do with the dough. Yeah. I mean, just buy essentials. I mean, save up and, I mean, if they're giving you $2,000 a month, that's $24,000 in a year. I mean, you could buy a couple blank, you know, a couple empty acres somewhere or something and throw a double wide on it or something like that. I mean, there's all sorts of ways that you can use it. Most people are just going to sit at home and use it and spend it and it'll be gone by the end of the month and other people who would be able to use it for, you know, positives. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, like the whole idea of the of the UBI, but I mean, it just seems like it's inevitable at this point, especially after the last three four months.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna be crazy to see what they do with UBI when they uh, when we start seeing like more of a hyperinflationary event because and we're gonna to have to see that eventually because you can't just keep printing. Um, eventually, uh, storekeeps are gonna go and uh, start ordering, you know, trying to refill their stock. Their Shelves and uh, when they go to order, it's like, oh wow, all this stuff went up in price. So, um, eventually, whether people have confidence in the dollar or not, we're we're going to see a hyperinflationary um, event, in my opinion. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do with UBI on top of um, you know hyperinflation. Are they going to give out more? You know, what what kind of solution, quote unquote, solutions are they going to? try to provide for the for the slaves
2: well yeah I mean I try to stay away from the hyperinflation especially price inflation after um, I learned from Bob Murphy after the 2008 uh, <laughs> the, the debacle yeah, he um, he predicted hyperinflation as far as prices went it didn't happen but I mean I was reading this and I I heard it I didn't read it and I haven't looked into it someone made the claim that more money was printed last month than in the previous 200 years. Now I haven't looked into whether that's true or not, but if, that is true, and it's money that's going out into the public. I mean, it's going out into circulation. I mean, they print a lot of digital phantom money, um, like overnight loans and stuff like that, and that's just, that's fake. It's all just smoke and mirrors so that they can balance their books at the end of the day. But if money went out into the system, into the economy, that's more in one month than in the previous 200 years, yeah, then we're it would be hard not to be able to predict um, consumer price inflation for you know, just common goods. I mean, that just makes sense.
0: Yeah, and I'm not trying to put a timeline on it, like you know, but uh, that that would be hard to predict. But I I just believe that that's at some point in time. I mean, I think it's inevitable that we'll have a hyperinflationary. Event and that's where gold, silver, and I think agorists are really going to be protected in, in that sense because they're the ones who are trading with you know they're they're the ones bartering with real goods, gold, silver, crypto, and you know basically they're using all these hedges um, as medium mediums of exchange. So we could see a lot of agorists actually come up from all these uh, disastrous policies that the government's putting in place. Yeah. I mean, I've been telling people, Yeah,
2: you know, I know that there are a lot of crypto fanatics out there that anyone who's talking about gold and silver is like they're the enemy or something. I, mean, I just don't, I don't care. I mean, it just, you're ridiculous. But you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot, of, you know, I have some parked in gold and silver and I have crypto. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think that what's happening is definitely a hodl event and everything but you know I don't I don't go all the way with that. So right.
1: I definitely like to keep a little bit of jingling money in the safe for sure. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it, it, it feels it, a little it, more secure.
2: Well, it's always it's always well, you know and and keep cash too. Have cash yeah. on hand because it's going to be I I really can't see a time anytime soon where you know the dollar is going to be I mean <laughs> if the dollar like goes, goes bust. And then this year we have a lot bigger problems. than you know, We have a lot of problems, <laughs> you know, and there's gonna be yeah. some big problems, whether that, you know, of how much cryptocurrency you have and where it's and in what coin it is, you know, there'll be some uh, bigger issues for a lot of people, including people who are actually holding gold, silver and crypto. So
1: yeah, I feel like they've done a pretty good job of keeping this whole, charade together for so long that you know they definitely at least a little more time you know before it all collapses like i don't feel like they're at least good enough at that
2: well yeah and that's one of the reasons why i don't like to make predictions and everything and i don't like to tell yeah i would never tell people take your money out of the stock market right now and everything because they have such control over this mechanism that they can keep it going. I mean, you could see the stock market by the end of the year, go up to 35,000 or something like the Dow go up to 35,000 or something like that. Why? Cause they could just artificially inflate it and they can do what they want with it. So, I mean, they're buying, we know that they're, um, that the fed is buying private stock is buying private companies, which is, I mean, like the definition of fascism, but they can just go and um, or uh, fascism and socialism i mean <laughs> it, or communism in mean, the government owning owning the businesses they wouldn't own them they'd control them that's a lot closer to fascism but yeah i mean they, they could they could put the stock market up to 40 the doubt to 40k by the end of the year if they wanted to so it's kind of hard to Predict what they're what they're going to do at all. I just people shouldn't panic. They should just be prepared, and preparation should have started a long time ago because it did for me. I mean, it started before the 2016 election. You know, that's it's like people say, "Have you seen the price of ammo?" And I'm like, "Nah." Before the 2016, (laughs) before the 2016 election, I was fine. I I could shoot every day for a while, and I wouldn't run out of ammo for a long time (laughs) because you know I was one of those people who didn't who didn't think that Trump was going to win because I was following the, uh, the betting pools. Yeah. I, I was looking at what the gamblers were, were betting on and they were betting all Hillary. So I thought it was going to be 100% Hillary. So I went all in on, uh, on ammo guns, magazines and everything. And I still got them. So if there's a Joe Biden presidency, who knows it might just be four, four years late that I cash in on, uh, getting rid of some 30 rounders and, uh, getting rid of a couple rifles for you know three times what I built them for. Oh
1: yeah. Do um can we uh maybe uh you want to switch gears a little bit and talk about um this uh this other pod that you're doing with uh with Jack and everything and loose the goose?
2: Yeah it's it's been a lot of fun so far. Three episodes. Um, Good.
1: Yeah it's a, uh, it's really and I, I love Jack. Actually the first time I ever heard of him was when he was on your show uh probably what about a year ago or so and um, which I, I must be new to podcast because he's obviously like OG you know, podcaster, <laughs> um, but uh, but he's just the best man. You know, anybody who isn't listening to um, the survival podcast, like get on it. because He's great. Um, but he was just talking about maybe putting this thing together, and then boom, it was just here. You know, I mean, Jack's obviously a real get her done kind of motherfucker. It's one of the reasons I really like him because he keeps me motivated to, to keep working. Um, but when I heard that you were going to be on it, I was a, I was a really stoked about it. Definitely.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I a surprise. He asked me. I mean I like Jack a lot. I think that the reason he asked me is because of the documentary. You know he see you know because of the documentary it shows that I start something, I set a goal and I do it. And also, you know it's it's just a great tool. I think he sees it as a great tool. So it's called Un, unloose the goose originally it was just changed over the last like week and a half to call be called the Agora Solutions podcast with the subtitle "Unloose the Goose," but you know, oh, Jack. Like, I didn't
1: realize it changed.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I didn't realize until a couple of days ago. I pulled it up in my feed, and I'm like, "What's this?" Hit up Jack, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, let's do this." Okay, I'm like, "Okay." Um, but yeah, he just had this idea for like a, a roundtable discussion once a week, and you know, he said, "You know, I know all y'all so busy and everything." Just you know, if you can say that you'll be on two times a month, that's cool. So he did the first episode, which was episode zero, where he just introduced the concept, which was like 15 minutes or something like that. And the uh, episode one, there was six or seven of us there. There's seven of us and it's actually down to six now. Someone bailed, but I won't, I'm not allowed to say who yet. That'll be announced. But the, um, but people are going to come and go. We're going to have new people coming in and go. And that's the idea behind this was to not let it just be us that eventually be like, okay, this person's doing really good work over here. Let's ask them to be a part of the project. But so Jack just reached out to me, you know, Ben Armani and Xavier Hawk, John Bush, Nicole sauce. Um, and God, oh my, I always forget the Canadian, <laughs>
1: Oh, um, Curtis. Talk. Yeah. Curtis, Stone? Curtis, yeah. always the
2: Canadian. It's right. always the Canadian <laughs> and Curtis who Cur- Curtis is like a guy that I want to spend time talking to because he's been doing this forever. I mean, he's farming and all this stuff that I don't know as a city guy. And he's just like, we'll get on there. We'll pick the subject and we'll just talk about it. You know? So episode two was about, um, communities, building communities and, Episode three last week, uh, this past week, which I wasn't on and I, I wish I could have been on it, was talking about um, agorism versus political action. And I think that one went down really well. I, that <laughs> What's great is it's like so far the episode's getting better. And I think this week it's actually going to be about crypto. I think the whole episode is going to be talking about crypto. So, um, Yeah, I I just think it's a great idea because we all have such large followings, and especially Jack at a quarter million downloads an episode, Um, we've gotten people to immediately right off the bat start um, listening. And you know, we've built we have a Telegram group, we have a Facebook group, and people are jumping in there and they're looking to like you know hook up with people in their own area and things like that. And I think it could be a really big help. You know, I think it's one of those things too that you know a couple years down the line. I might not even be involved in it anymore. You know, somebody will take taken my place and maybe even Jack, it, you know, somebody had taken his place. And you know, I think it's just something that can grow and grow and help people to, um, you know, the whole idea is the system is not going to save you. So you're going to have to build something outside of the system. You're gonna have to look for help outside of the system. And that's just not a message that most people get. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, see where it goes
1: me and my uh my wife um um, we were really wanting to like find other people you know locally who were freedom-minded because as i'm sure you guys have experienced they can be few and far between you know um and so we even considered like joining the lp just to be able to go to events and and meet people and stuff and that never ended up happening um but we um we got our reservations for childerberg this last year like you know months in advance we were all geared up to go to that and then you know COVID happened and kind of just made that where that wasn't going to be possible for us. Um, we have a, we have a farm and it's hard to just pack up and leave and we couldn't really plan. So, um, so we ended up not going to that and we're really bummed, but, um, we actually ended up at a Liberty meet, um, a few weeks ago actually ended up going to a couple of them and it was just amazing being able to not even talking about Liberty stuff but just hanging out with other people who don't want you locked in a cage is just an amazing feeling. Um, so we're just like addicted to that now. So I had heard, um, a little while back about freedom cells, And I guess that was actually, um, John Bush, um, who, who's on the, uh, the pod there, um, with y'all, um, was actually one of the people who helped get that set up. But of course, my big concern with anything like that is, um, you know, I'm just, I just assume half the people on there are feds or something, you know, (laughs) but even if I can get over that, um, the point you made on the, uh, that last, uh, goose pod was like, well, you know, you, you start, you know, packing up or whatever. And then, you know, you get like a, you know, you use the branch Davidian, you know, the, the, the Waco scenario, you know? And so that's always a concern too, because it almost sounds like terroristy, right? Like cells and this and that. So it's kind of like scary, uh, scary uh, language. Do you have any recommendations? Like, I mean, what, a, uh, do you have any particular opinion on the freedom cell thing? Or maybe like, how can we, you know, how can we find other people and create communities like this um, where, you know, we can, you know, hopefully just live freer amongst ourselves.
2: Well, I like the freedom cell idea. You know, it's, I think the best way to do it and I think I don't remember who made the point. It may have been Jack during that episode is you know, one of the problems is that the Davidians were all living in like this big building and so that seems a lot more cultish. But if you have a bunch of people in an area who are all like minded, that's a different thing. You know, you don't have to buy, you know, a hundred acres of land that everybody builds a house on it or something like that. That can get weird real quick. Well, that can get not weird, but it can attract attention. Right. I think that really what some people may have to do is in your area, you may not be able to find people who are completely like-minded and you may have to go with some conservatarian types or, you know, even some, you know, constitute, you know, people, strict constitutionalists we need to get back and as long as they care about freedom. And as long as they have a, you know, a radical distrust of the government. I think you can find like-mindedness and i think you should be able to be an influence on them you know and that just may have to happen for people in certain areas i mean luckily here in atlanta we have a a pretty sizable anarchist libertarian community and throughout georgia as well there's a lot of people who are in south georgia you know atlanta is up in the north of georgia not all the way up north but you know more northern than central georgia and it takes you gotta drive a good four four and a half hours to just get to florida so i mean it's a big state and everything but um yeah i just i I like john's thing about freedom cells um the atlanta group closest to me has a discord chat and i've talked to them they've talked about meetups and everything like that and trying to get some get some ideas going but um yeah it's just something people are going to have to decide they want to do. They're just going to have to put the effort in. So, you know, I wish I wasn't so busy, but at some point, I think it's going to be needed to, we're going to have to rely on other people because I, I agree with, with Ben Armani. I think that the tech, the technocratic tyranny is just here and strength in numbers is going to be something that's going to be important. And, you know, really being able to um, survive on your own, it, it, it really, I would say one of the most disappointing things so far that I've seen since mid-March is the amount of people who call themselves anarchists, libertarians, agorists who think that things are going to go back to normal. They're going to be like, oh, we'll just get past this. And it's like, no, they've got a taste for power. Blood is in the water and they're not going to let hold of this. They're not gonna. They're, they're not gonna give you your rights back. That ratchet mm-hmm. effect is a bitch. Oh yeah, Bob is. Uh, <laughs> Bob Higgs got that one right for sure. Man. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, I mean, they'd say so. Think about it. I mean, it's like they're more hardcore on the masks right now than they were in March.
1: Yeah. And now yeah, they're. It's, it's, yeah. um, it's yeah. almost like they had to lose a little bit after the lockdowns. Like, well, we can't just let everything go back to normal. We have to still inst, you know impose something on them
2: Yeah, and i don't i don't remember what podcast i said it on it might have been my own but it almost seems like they're gonna keep this mask thing going until the vaccine comes out and they're gonna be like okay you want to stop wearing the
0: mask take the shot yeah or you want to go back to work and you know, get yeah. the vaccine
2: oh yeah oh and that's you know and i want to believe i want to believe with all my heart that people are going to fight that and say no no way at all but I can't, I can't say that that's going to happen. I,
1: yeah, I'm not very optimistic about that, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just, I see, you know, I work in my job. I, I deal with all normies, obviously. And they're just whatever. I asked a guy yesterday, I said, um, when are you going to stop wearing the mask? It's a great question to ask people. When are you going to stop wearing the mask? See what they say just to see where the head's at and ask them for a, an honest answer. Cause I would assume most of them are going to say when TV tells me to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's all you need to know. That's all you need to know about, about society. I mean, it's like people want to argue against agorism. Oh, it's, you know, building up these, building up these firms and these private community, you know, this private businesses and everything that are outside of the system, everything. No, why don't we just, why don't we just concentrate on making everyone a libertarian? I'm like, are you out of your mind? Have you looked around? you think any of these people are ready to be you know, ready to be let out of the matrix hey, come on come on yeah, a is... lot of
1: wasted effort there
2: oh yeah oh yeah i mean you're you're talking about people who are like wearing i, mean, I see people wearing two masks and then you have people <laughs> now you have people going into stores here in atlanta and they, they they've actually got the face shield and it's just like yeah, i've seen some of them yeah and that was before fauci um said that the other day and it's oh, just like and goggles yeah, and you're and you're just like these people. It's you know what Morpheus talked about. <laughs> he said they're just not ready. You <laughs> know, you let them out there. They're gonna, they're going to fight. You try and get them out of the system. They're going to fight to stay in it. So there's got to be a better way. And you know, I like the way um I think Sal puts it pretty simply about agorism. He's like you just make the decision and then you free yourself, and then you, know, you work on yourself, get yourself situated, and then look for other people. Other like-minded people. I think that's the only way to go right now. It's, it's I mean, like I said, I, <laughs> I'm just shocked by the amount of people who call themselves libertarians. I mean, the liber- people in the Libertarian Party. I mean, and I'm not talking about the Mises Caucus. I know most of the people in the Mises Caucus are are good people. I just think their their efforts are misguided, um, but they're awesome people. Um, but like the Normies in the Libertarian Party, like the Prags, the ones that got Joe Jorgensen um, nominated, they're they're normies. I mean, don't even think that those people are for liberty or for you know the kind of liberty that we. Oh no, they're mask. They're masked people. They're no, no. I'm sorry, I've seen too much of them. I've seen too. I mean that that, <laughs> that party couldn't be any further left if they tried. And I'm right. not talking about, and I'm not talking about the good way. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about. Bast- I'm not talking about bastiat. <laughs> yeah. <you know>? Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> just the fact that they want to. Uh... Uh, have a party of liberty go into an authoritarian office just really gets gets me but um
2: well i mean it's hard for people to they're brought up in a country where they're trained that politics is the way you get stuff done and you know it's so people look at political parties and they're like oh and if their their eyes are open enough to say well the republicans aren't gonna you know they're terrible and democrats are terrible well i have no other option it's this third one because They don't see any other way that change can be had, and in many ways, they're victims. They're victims of of government schooling, and they're victims of tradition that they're brought up in. So, and it's kind of hard to be it's kind of hard to be mad at them, but it's also I don't want I don't rely I won't rely on them as an ally of any way in any way shape.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. A lot of ways, you kind of feel bad you know, for, for him. And then, uh, you know, on the other hand, it's like, well, I used to believe all that stuff too, you know, so I don't try to be too harsh, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's always a good time to not use violence against people, (laughs) you know, so it's like, you kind of gotta, kind of got to make it happen at some point. Sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't, even the very little effort I was putting into it. I mean, I went to the convention this year, the Georgia convention, I was going to go to the national convention. I'm glad I got, um, I'm, I'm glad I got postponed, because if I would have ended up going to, I would have ended up going to the original one, and I would have just went there to be a saboteur. Uh, but once it got, oh, it's going to be online, and then we're going to do it in July and everything. It's like, okay, that just absolved me from caring anymore. And you know, I would have went there and just handed out pamphlets on agorism or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> me and donnie gebert donnie was like <laughs> saying that man we need to go there and uh, i need to pass out copies of my book and everything i'm like yeah that would have been fun but thankfully it got canceled save me the money too and you know the time
1: yeah hey, um got? i know we're coming up on time here you got anything else brandon well
0: yeah it's i mean it's hard to be um It's hard to be positive sometimes, but, uh, you know, we still have to try. And, you know, I just, sometimes it's like, man, we live in the day of information, but all the information that that people need are online and, you know, why can't they find it? It's just, sometimes it's, um, sometimes it's tough. So, but, um, but we, you know, I
2: mean, well, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk to that. I'll talk to that just for 30 seconds. Yeah, go ahead. And they, they've designed us, they've designed a system through the federal reserve, through, inflationary practices where two people have to work, both both parents have to work or two people in the home have to work. And it's sometimes good. they have to work two jobs. So it's very hard for someone to come home and then get online and, you know, pick up books and read. And then they, and people have kids and stuff. And I mean, the society is designed so that the individual can be perfect, can be busy. And that precludes a lot of people from actually studying. I mean, anything anybody wants to know is online. I mean, yeah. and pretty much anything can, you know, I've known people who have said, oh, I woke up by Ron Paul woke me up or Murray Rothbard woke me, up, or, uh, woke me up or John Taylor Gatto woke me up. You know, that was my red pill was John Taylor Gatto. There's a million ways to wake people up, but some people are just... they come home and they fall asleep and they're just, you know, (laughs) the system is designed that way. I mean, not making excuses for people and everything, but, um, no, there is that reality too, and that is helped by a central bank for sure.
0: Yeah, they how they just keep inflating the money and you know making it worthless. so You have to work harder and all these laws too. And yeah, most definitely, Pete. Was there that was there any anything that you wanted to mention? You know, how can people find you? Of course, you've got a uh, free man beyond the wall. But um, and I, I implore everyone to go check out Monopoly on Monopoly on Violence. It's got Ogorism in it too. But uh, anything else you want to plug in here? Unloose
2: free Man uh, oh, on the Wall, that's the podcast. Unloose the Goose, the Agora Solutions podcast, that's another one. Um, the documentary, if you go to themonopolyonviolence.com, there are links there. Uh, that should be up on Amazon within the next couple days. We had some. We've uploaded it like three times and always had problems with the subtitles because you have to. Um, send it with English subtitles, and they said, "Oh, there's encoding problems." But now it seems like everything's fixed. Um, I have a Patreon. If you go on there and you search my name or you search Raider, you'll find it. My my website, freemanbeyondthewall.com forward slash store. You can support me. Even use crypto through there. And yeah, that's it. Um, I implore everyone to start start looking at agorism and read Conkin and hopefully it'll change people's minds like it, uh, like it changed mine. Definitely. Um, do you have anything you want to
0: add, Doug? M-
1: n- no, man. Um, I-, I guess uh, one thing real quick, I just want to say the the title for Monopoly on Violent. Excellent. I know that wasn't y'all's first choice, but I think that it ended up being perfect. It's provocative. It almost sounds like a, you know, it sounds like a movie like normies would want to watch, you know? So I really think that was a really good title and, and it was just a really cool documentary. I'm glad you guys are getting it on other platforms other than YouTube as well. Cause I think that gives it more credibility. It sucks that that's the way it is, but, but that's the way it is. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, but that's really cool. So I really enjoyed that. And, um, thank you so much for coming on Pete. I really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Pete. Um, well that's our show today. Of course, next is out.